Yes, praise be to God. I hope you're safe. I hope the Lord has kept you safe and sound. This is a day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and we shall be glad in it. Thank you for joining us for our time of the study of the Bible. Here, we study the Bible and we aim to study from the book of Genesis to Revelation. By the grace of God, we have done 27 books of the Bible. If you've not been able to listen uh, to the podcast that we've done straight from the book of Genesis, you can find them on our app, that's Bible In-Depth Network. You can find them on all podcast platforms like Spotify, Stitcher, Deezer, Apple Podcast, Podbean. You name it, you'll find us there. And I believe that the Lord shall speak to you even as you listen. Because, like we say here, there's no limitation to revelation. God reveals his word to every single person who shows need. If you want God to speak to you, my friend, he will speak to you. He's given us the Holy Spirit. We live with him. We move with him. And uh, revelation shall indeed come to us. So, I ask you to go ahead and listen in and open your heart as you read the word. Open your heart as you listen to uh, the scriptures and the Lord shall send a message to you for that time. The word of the Lord is new every morning. That's why when you listen today, you get a different message. When you read tomorrow, you can get another. When you read a month later, you can get another because the word is alive. And it's new in us, and he speaks to us. So, I encourage you to please go check all these podcast platforms. You can also visit our website, BibleIndepth.com, and you know everything about the network. And I believe the Lord shall bless you, even as you join us. Now, we are handling the book of Hosea, which we started yesterday. And uh, today, I want us to continue with this book. It's a book we know well. It's a prophet we know well who got uh, married to uh, Halot, or a prostitute, by the command of God. It's uh, an example that is being trying to. God is trying to show uh, his relationship with Israel, and he did this through this act that this man did. And uh, yesterday we closed off when he's also been told to get another. This time uh, to get a. A woman or a wife of a man, but this wife having adulterous uh, habits, yeah? And this all is in uh, description or trying to show the relationship that Israel had with God. And it's being brought out in these scenes that have been created for Hosea to go through. Now today I want us to continue with chapter 5 of this book. And it starts by saying, hear this, O priests, give heed. O house of Israel, listen, O house of the king. Now, this message is going out to everybody in the land. It's going out to every single person in Israel. To the priest, they are telling you something because you've also been part of the mess. Uh, to the people of Israel, they're telling you because you've been part of the mess. And uh, to uh, the king as well, the leaders, yeah, they've been part of the mess. And when... Uh, Hosea is speaking, he's specifically talking to the house of Israel, specifically these ten tribes of Israel. For the judgment applies to you, for you have been a snare to Mizpah, and the net spread out on Tabor. The revolters have gone deep in depravity, but I will chastise all of them. I know Ephraim, and Israel is not hidden from me. Now when they talk Ephraim, Ephraim is part of the ten tribes that occupy Israel, but it's believed these were the most dominant of all. So when you hear the name Ephraim being one of the 
ten tribes of Israel, it's just uh, the same as Israel, yeah? Replaced in some cases to represent Israel. And sometimes when they are mentioned together, it's because one is uh, a dominant uh, tribe of those ten that existed there. So they are talking about the same region. It shouldn't confuse us when we're reading about Ephraim. So it says they're not hidden from me. For now, O Ephraim, you have played the harlot. When they're talking about playing the harlot, of course there was a physical, if you take it in physical understanding, that which Israel was doing, that there was a lot of uh, such habits also going on, prostitution, murders, stealing things for the needy, and uh, taking land of strangers and all that. Uh, it all happened, but they also maintain the fact that this halot being talked about is the playing with other gods that's not Jehovah, that they are worshipping other gods that's not the Almighty God. Israel has defiled itself. Their deeds will not allow them to return to their God. You know, such a statement can get you to a thought that, you know, sometimes when you go so far, it gets hard for you to get back. When you go so deep, it gets hard for you to get back. And it's even worse when you've known the Lord before. Israel has known God. Israel has served God before. Israel has been uh, has known about the creator, about the one who saved them from captivity in Egypt. And after knowing him, they decide, huh, now we should go and do our things. We should leave this God. We should serve another God. And that's a problem that we face. That's a problem that can get to you that after you have done that, it may get hard for you to get back. And that's what they are saying here, that their deeds, all that which they've done, seems so hard for them to return to their God. And that's not a place that we want to be. That's not a place we want to be. That's why we should not be playing with the devil. We should not be playing with the enemy. Yeah? It's very, very hard that if you start to do such decisions, make such uh, decisions, then you're in trouble because you may make one and you never return. You may make one and you go forever. And that's what they're telling these Israelites here. Yeah, They're telling them, that their deeds do not allow them to return to their God. yeah, Because they have seen God, they've tested him, they've seen his goodness, and then they decide to walk in a different way. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 4 tells us, For it's impossible to bring back to repentance those who are once enlightened, those who have experienced the good things of heaven and shared in the Holy Spirit. Yeah, It's just trying to show us that sometimes after you have walked with God, after you have seen the greatness of God, after you have done those things which God requires of you and have walked with him and you're his servant and what, and you fall and sometimes it gets hard. That's why you see for people who have been in church specifically and uh, they've been ministers, they've been serving God, they've been good Christians, when they fall, sometimes it gets hard, it gets hard for them to return because they've tested it and they've taken it for granted. They've taken the grace for granted. Now, similar boat here with Israel. They're telling them it's going to be hard for you. For a spirit of harlotry is within them. They've learned to test other things. Now they don't understand the value of that which they had as Israel. And they do not know the Lord. Moreover, the pride of Israel testifies against him. 
and Israel and Ephraim stumble in their iniquity. Judah also has stumbled with them. Now they are talking about Judah, this uh, southern tribe, the other southern kingdom. The, the, the Judah comprised of Judah and Benjamin's tribes. The other ten were on the other side. And uh, they were known as Israel. Now they are referring to Judah as well and saying they will go with their flocks and herds to seek the Lord, but they will not find him. At that point come, where you are seeking God, but you can't find him. How does it get to that? And they say he has withdrawn from them. God has taken a break from them. He said, I've seen enough of you guys and all your things that you do. I'm tired. So he withdrew from them. They have dealt treacherously against the Lord, for they have borne illegitimate children. Of course, now this in just plain terms. The union with other nations was forbidden for them. Yeah, The union with those that are not Israelites was forbidden for them. And they were told and warned about that. Yeah, that now they've entered into such uh, covenants and have also gone ahead to do such. But not only even that, but having children through halotry also is one that is considered here. Yeah, because he was not going to have mercy upon such. Now the new moon will divide them with their land. Blow the horn in Gebir, the trumpet in Ramah. Sound an alarm at Bethaven. All these are major cities for them. Behind you, Benjamin, Ephraim will become a desolation in the day of rebuke. Among the tribes of Israel, I declare what is sure. The princes of Judah have become like those who move a boundary. Hmm? People who come and uh, they know this land passes here for this person and they move it. Cheats, liars. And that's what the princes of Judah have become. Yeah, They are not faithful people. That's what he's trying to say there. On them I'll pour out my wrath like water. Ephraim is oppressed, crushed in judgment because he was determined to follow man's command. Therefore, I am like a moth to Ephraim. They decided to follow man's command. We don't follow commands of men. We follow that which God says. We follow commands of God. And when these people decide to follow commands of men, then God is saying, I'm not part of you. And like rottenness to the house of Judah, when Ephraim saw his sickness and Judah his wound, then Ephraim went to Assyria and sent to King Jareb, but he's unable to heal you. They, Israel starts to find alliances to help them. When they, you remember when they were in trouble then, they would call to God and he would respond. When they were in trouble then, they would uh, talk to God. But now he says, I've hidden myself from you. Now what do they do? They look for alliances with nations, other nations. But God says they will not heal you. All cure you from your wound, for I'll be a lion to Ephraim. And like a young lion to the house of Judah, I, even I, will tear to pieces and go away. I'll carry away. And there will be none to deliver. I'll go away and return to my place. Until, this is the condition, they acknowledge their guilt and seek my face. That's what God is saying. If you can acknowledge and seek my face, in their affliction, they will earnestly seek me. This is a beauty that irrespective of how much you have fallen, 
if there is that element of acknowledgement of your wrong, of your guilt, and you seek God, you can find him. Trouble is when you have fallen and you still refuse to acknowledge that you're a sinner, acknowledge that you're wrong, and you acknowledge all this that you've done in your life and go on a journey to seek the Lord. When you fail to do that, you'll never find him. But here he says, if they do that, okay, I'll be there. They'll find me. That's the condition he gives Israel. But are they willing? Is Judah willing? Is Ephraim willing? That is the issue. Now, they start to respond to him, to what has been said. Come, let us return to the Lord. After they've been told, now they start to respond. Come, guys, let's return to the Lord. Let's get back in order, for he has torn us, but he will heal us. They have confidence in their God. They know he loves them. They know and they say he has torn us apart, but still the same God who has torn us apart will heal us. He has wounded us, but he will bandage us. Yeah, Some of us have been wounded by life, by circumstances. And to make it worse, some have even been wounded within the confines of ministry itself. But God says he will bandage you. He will revive us after two days. He will raise us up on the third day. Yeah, Of course, this, uh, this uh, is clear about the fact that those that have been broken down, will be patched up. yeah. And here when they refer on this third day, you can get reference from 1 Corinthians 15 verse 4. It says, and he was buried and he rose again the third day. According to the scriptures, this is also referenced here. They will, they, that we may live before him, so let us know, let us press on to know the Lord. They are coming out in agreement and saying, let us go ahead and know the Lord. Let us go ahead and acknowledge the Lord. Let us go ahead and do that which the Lord requires of us. Yeah, And they go on and say, and he's, for, he's going forth and is certain as the dawn, and he will come to us like the rain, like the spring rain watering the earth. What shall I do with you, O Ephraim? What shall I do with you, O Judah? For your loyalty is like a morning cloud, and like the dew which goes away early. Therefore I have hewn them in pieces by the prophets. I have slain them by the mouths of my word. And the judgments on you are like the light that goes forth. For I delight in loyalty rather than sacrifice. You might go and do all the sacrifices you want to do, but I demand loyalty from you. You might go and kill all the lambs that exist, but I demand loyalty from you because we can do these rituals, yet our hearts are far from God. We can do all these things and we are very uh, determinant. You go to church, you, you do all those things that you feel qualify you to be the right Christian. But then, as far as there is no loyalty to God, as far as there is no obedience to God, then that is a waste. Because he tells them, I delight in loyalty. Be loyal to me. Yeah? And in the knowledge of God, rather than burnt offerings, know me. Know God. He's saying you can offer all you want, like uh, the law of Moses says, but I delight that you know me better. 
Because you can give your offerings when you do not know the one you're giving it to. Knowledge of God. But like Adam, they have transgressed the covenant. Yeah, here reference is given to Adam. He was given a, a covenant. He was told about what to do. But then he made a decision and went against it. Yeah? And he says, they, There they have dealt treacherously against me. Gilead is a city of wrongdoers, tracked with bloody footprints as raiders wait for a man. So a band of priests murder on the way to Shechem. Even priests were part of this wrong now. Priests were part of the bad guys. The people who commit all errors, the ones who commit all trouble, the priests were part and parcel of all of this. And it goes on and says, Surely they have committed crime. In the house of Israel, I have seen a horrible thing. Ephraim's halotry is there. Israel has defiled itself. Also, O Judah, there is a harvest appointed for you. When I restore the fortunes of my people, he tells them here clearly that you've defiled yourself. Judah as well, you've defiled yourself. It's practically the whole house of Israel. It has defiled itself toward the Lord. goes on in chapter 7. And now says, When I would heal Israel, the iniquity of Ephraim is uncovered, and the evil deeds of Samaria are uncovered, for they deal falsely. The thief enters in. The thief is now part of them. They even know the thief. They know the one who does the troubles, but they don't care. They entertain them. Yeah? Bandits raid outside. And they do not consider in their hearts that I remember all their wickedness. You know, sometimes we think God does not see. And you close yourself behind doors and you get up with all these schemes to hurt others. You come up with all these plots to do wrong to others, thinking God does not know. Or God does not remember. God says, I remember all your wickedness. I see it and I remember it. Now their deeds are all around them. They are before my face. With their wickedness, they make the king glad. The king is happy when they do wrong. He picks pleasure in sin, picking pleasure in sin, in immorality. And the princes with their lies, they are all adulterers, like an oven heated by the baker, who ceases to stir up the fire from the kneading of the door until it's leavened. On the day of our king, the princes became sick with the heat of wine. He stretched out his hand with scoffers, for their, heart, their hearts are like an oven. As they approach, they are plotting. Their anger smolders all night. In the morning, it burns like a flaming fire. All of them are hot like an oven. And they consume their rulers. And their kings are fallen. None of them calls on me. They've forgotten about God. It's about them. It's about their kings. It's about their priests. It's about their rulers. None remembers God. None cares about God. And when you read such, it gives you the context in which... Israel was in before it's taken into captivity. First by the ten tribes into Samaria and the other two, uh, Judah and Benjamin, into Babylon. It was a messed state. When it comes out here in this book and you're reading and seeing what was happening within the land, you can know exactly why eventually God makes a decision and says, you guys need to get into captivity. You need to go and pay for what you've done. And he says, Ephraim mixes himself with the nations. Yeah? 
they were warned about alliances, but now they are with Egypt, they are with Assyria, they are connecting with all sorts of people and pagans. Ephraim has become a cake, not turned. Strangers devour his strength. Sometimes exposure to strangers, exposure to worldly people, exposure to people who are not of the same belief as you, drain you. And that's exactly what happens to Ephraim. Ephraim or Israel comes with their belief in God, but then they are associating with with people who do not believe in God. So eventually, you came knowing that we pray to Jehovah, but now you pray to Baal. Knowing that we worship only one God, and now you have many across your compound, within your house. Why? The union or commitment that you give other people who are not of your faith can cause you trouble. That applies to us even today. The people you hang out with eventually will drain that strength that you have. That Christ that's within you is drained by the company that you carry. Same thing that happens to Israel here. And he goes on and says, yet he does not know it. They drain you and you do not know. Before you know it, you're empty. You're speaking like they speak. You're as vulgar as they are. You are going to places that they, because your strength has been drawn. That's what they did to Ephraim. Gray hairs are also sprinkled on him, yet he does not know it. They are going old and they don't know it. Though the pride of Israel testifies against him, yet they have not returned to the Lord their God. They never make that turn back. Nor have they sought him for all this. So Ephraim has become like a silly dove without sense. They call to Egypt, Egypt, help us. Hmm? They run to Egypt for their help. They go to Assyria, Assyria, help us. That's why they want. When they go, I'll spread my net over them. I'll bring them down like the birds of the sky. Since when did they start seeking help elsewhere when I'm their God? Since when did you start visiting shrines for help when I'm your God? Since when did you start looking to people to save you when I'm your God? That's a question to us. And he says, I'll chastise them in accordance with proclamation to the assembly. Woe to them, for they have strayed from me. Destruction is theirs, for they have rebelled against me. I would redeem them, but they speak lies against me. He says, even when they go out there, they are lying about me. They are telling people things. That's not me. And they do not cry for me from their heart. They just cry from their lips, but their heart is far away. When they wail on their beds for the sake of grain and new wine, they assemble themselves. They turn away from me. Although I trained and strengthened their arms, yet they devise evil against me. They turn, but not upward. They are like a deceitful bow. Their princes will fall by the sword because of their insolence of their tongue. This will be their derision in the land of Egypt. Even where they've gone for help, they are going to see trouble. Even where they've run for help, they are going to see and meet trouble. That's what he's saying about these people of Israel. Put the trumpet to your lips, he says. Like an eagle, the enemy comes against the house of the Lord because they have transgressed my covenant and rebelled against my law. Rebellion, disobedience, attracts the attention of the enemy upon our lives. When you live a rebellious life, 
you attract the attention of the enemy at a higher magnitude that they should come and be part and parcel of you and your affairs. That's why you see for the case of Job, he just can't be attacked. Why? Because there is a life he lives, there is that which is known of him, and the enemy does not just come and access him. There is a boundary that has been set by a righteous life. But a life that is filled with rebellion, a life that is filled with transgression, a life filled with disobedience, causes the enemy to come against you. And he goes and says, they cry out to me, my God, we of Israel know you. Israel has rejected the good. The enemy will pursue him. When you reject the word of God, the enemy pursues you. That's why those who join into the winning kingdom of God, you will see all sorts of deliverance upon their life. The enemy breaks off. The demons that were tormenting them break off. The attacks stop because they have joined the winning army. Yeah? When you reject God, the enemy pursues you. You should not be lied to that when you leave God aside, then you are alone. No, something else takes over, and that's the enemy. That's what Israel is going through now. They have set up kings, but not by me. They have appointed princes, but I did not know it. Yeah, The last appointment here we see is of Jeroboam that God appoints Jeroboam. What happens next? The rest come. Some are killing each other, others poison each other, then they get on the throne, others are appointed by them. And God says they are putting up kings, I don't know about them. They are putting up um, princes as uh, Israel, but I do not know it. You know, sometimes you can do things when God is not in them. You can set up appointments, appoint all leaders, yet God says I do not know such, because I do not approve of their lives. I do not approve of their work. But you've appointed them. Why? Probably you have your own interests. Probably you have your own desires. So you set them up. But I do not have interest in such people. So I do not know them. With their silver and gold, they have made idols for themselves. That they might be cut off. He has rejected your car for Samaria. Saying, my anger burns against them. How long will they be incapable of innocence? For from Israel is even this. A craftsman made it, so it is not God. Surely a calf of Samaria will be broken to pieces for they sow the wind and they reap the whirlwind. The standing grain has no heads. It yields no grain. Should it yield, strangers would swallow it up. Israel is swallowed up. They are now among the nations. It's like they've lost that position with God, and now they are just among other nations. They are considered as the rest. When they are talking about Israel right now, they are talking about them as the other nations. Like a vessel in which no one delights, for they have gone up to Assyria. Like a wild donkey, all alone, Ephraim has hired lovers. Even though they hire allies among the nations, now I will gather them up, and they will begin to diminish. He tells them, because of the burden of the kings of, of, of princes, since Ephraim has multiplied altars of sin, they just keep adding to the altars. They just keep adding to the iniquity. They have become altars of sinning for him. They have become altars of sinning. That's where sin is manufactured. At that altar, that which Israel has become, that which Ephraim has become, 
That is where they even come up with ways to sin, ways to wrong, ways to cause harm to others. They devise means. Though I wrote for him 10,000 precepts of my own. Since I wrote down everything for you, how did you get to that level? There is a word of God for you. There is a whole Bible for us. How do we get to the level that with all that has been written, we still decide to do things that are not worthy of God? And he wonders. He's wondering for Israel here. But even to us today, let's wonder. With the direction we have in the word of God, how do they take you for granted as a believer? And they start caning you in church. I saw a video that was moving. Everybody, many people saw that, where the leaders are manipulating believers, abusing them, spiritual abuse at the highest in the churches today. How did it get to that level? When you have a Bible, when you have your, your, the word of God with you that you can open your Bible and read and know what God says about his kingdom and know what God demands of us as his believers, as his uh, people, as his servants. And now, people are being taken granted, for granted and abused in church. The reason is they do not know the word of God. They do not read the word of God. He says here, I gave them ten thousands of precepts of my law, but still, they do not care. They are regarded as a strange thing. As for my sacrificial gifts, they sacrifice the flesh and eat it. There were orders of what is supposed to be eaten and what is not supposed to be eaten, but for them, they would sacrifice and they eat. But the Lord has taken no delight in them. Now he will remember their iniquity and punish them for their sins. Punishment for sin exists. And it will come. And if we have not taken this grace of God and made use of it and accepted his son and walked with him, punishment comes in the end. They'll return to Egypt. Hmm. This is amazing. But from the place that he delivered them is where they return. When God has delivered you from a place of evil and he has shown you his goodness and he has called you his own and you've walked with him and then you decide to fall and start doing other things, you return to your place of initial captivity. That's what he's telling them, that that you will return to Egypt for Israel has forgotten his maker and built palaces. Because they've forgotten God, they return to captivity. Because you forget God, you return to the bondage that you were in before you got saved. And Judah has multiplied fortified cities, but I will send a fire on its cities that it may consume its palatial dwellings. This comes to pass, by the way, years later for Judah. Because when Nebuchadnezzar comes, he wipes out their city, burns down their walls, and burns down their temple. Reason. They have forgotten their maker. When you forget God, you're prone to destruction. When you forget God, you're prone to return to the captivity that you are in. God help us never to fall in that boat. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for your revelation to us and we pray that you help us, that you guide us, that you walk with us all the days of our lives. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.